0: Hello, this is Jerry Hendricks
1: and Adrian Hendricks of Save One More Now Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to human life and to God than to bypass, by ignorance or rejection, His salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. Independence Day, celebrated by many countries throughout the world, recognizes and celebrates the anniversary of the independence gained by each country from the rule of another. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines the word independence as a state of being not dependent, complete exemption from control or the power of others. Independence means freedom, usually from some tyrannical restrictions that prohibit the ability of people to exercise religious practices, economic enterprises, or some other activity that promotes and preserves life for the population. A few synonyms for the word independence are freedom, liberty, autonomy, self-rule. A synonym is a word or phrase that means exactly or nearly the same as another word or phrase in the same language.
0: Today, we will address two paradoxes about independence, or, for our purposes, freedom and certain issues associated with each. A paradox is a statement that seems to contradict itself, but is nevertheless true. The first paradox is, freedom by the world's standard is slavery, that is, bondage to sin in the kingdom of God. The second paradox is one who is a bondservant or slave of Jesus Christ lives in true freedom. Both paradoxes are true. For us to embrace the world's definition of freedom, which means to have an independent spirit, that is, independent from God, would require that we live in opposition to God. Living that way, we all know, will lead to the miserable bondage of sin-filled lives. On the other hand, as we live in complete surrender to Jesus Christ, himself, the living Word of God, our lives will be free to receive blessing, fruitfulness, joy, and the contentment of righteousness. Most people conduct
1: their lives according to the way of the world. One of the passages warning us against this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, that says, Don't let anyone fool you by using senseless arguments. These arguments may sound wise, but they are only human teachings. They come from the powers of this world and not from Christ. The phrase powers of this world refers to the way the natural universe is ordered and arranged. The kingdom of God does not work in the same way and is actually in direct opposition to the ways and rules of the world. A pointed contrast appears in the fifth chapter of Galatians, presenting the way of the world at verses 19 through 21 that say, What human nature does is quite plain. It shows itself in immoral, filthy, and indecent actions, in worship of idols and witchcraft. People become enemies and they fight. They become jealous, angry, and ambitious. They separate into parties and groups. They are envious, get drunk, have orgies, and do other things like these. I warn you now, as I have before, those who do these things will not possess the kingdom of God."
0: The way of God is also presented at verses 16 through 18 and 22 through 25. What I say is this, let the Spirit direct your lives and you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature. For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the Spirit wants, and what the Spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies, and this means that you cannot do what you want to do. If the Spirit leads you, then you are not subject to the law. But the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. There is no law against such things as these. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires. The Spirit has given us life. He must also control our lives.
1: According to the first group of verses we just read, many people believe that freedom allows them to live this way. Not only that, but this kind of living is against the kingdom of God and will keep anyone who lives this way from entering in and taking hold of God's kingdom. Some, but not all of these so-called freedoms for living worldly lifestyles show up in the practices and promotions of 1. All forms of human sexual deviation, including homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, fornication, adultery, prostitution, gender switching, and sexual trafficking. 2. Abortion for any reason, which is murder. 3. Redefinition of the concept of family. Much of our society is being bullied and held hostage by groups living in sinful, godless ways these groups are diligently working to force everyone to accept and embrace the freedom they are peddling. They want people everywhere to live against the declared will of God who made us all. Sad to say, some Christian denominations are picking and choosing what they want to believe about God and encouraging their members to accept these deviant and ungodly behaviors. These denominations want to appear progressive, acceptive, and tolerant, thereby attracting people willing to embrace and teach that which is against the truth of God's Word.
0: The Bible is clear that those who live practicing these activities will not see the kingdom of God. The exception, of course, is for those who recognize their bondage to all sin and in true repentance cry out to Jesus Christ for salvation and deliverance. Jesus will not turn down such a plea to be their Savior and Lord. These deviancies are not sanctioned by God since the motivation that fuels this is satisfaction of sexual cravings. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 13 says, But the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Fornicators, which are unmarried people having sexual intercourse, and adulterers, which are married people having sexual intercourse with persons other than their spouses, will have their place in the lake that burns with fire. Those who routinely fornicate and commit adultery are risking their eternal futures with the God who made them and still loves them. We ask anyone listening, are these things more important than living in line with the Word of God? We sadly realize that for many the answer is yes. Living together or shacking up without benefit of marriage causes people to fornicate, commit adultery, or both. 1 Corinthians 6.18 warns, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Again, at 1 Corinthians 10, 8, we are warned, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day 23,000.
1: We would do well to read the whole account at Numbers chapter 25. At verses 1-4 through we read, While Israel remained encamped in Shittim, the people began to commit sexual immorality with Moabite women, who also invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods. The people joined the Baal Peor cult. As a result, the anger of the Lord flared up against Israel, so the Lord told Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight for the Lord, so the Lord's burning anger may be withdrawn from Israel. Are such actions as presented in Numbers 25 beyond God's hand today? The answer is no. People die while in the act of sinful activities. God declares at Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 that, I the Lord do not change. And the author of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says, Jesus the Messiah is the same yesterday and today and forever. We also read at Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked.
0: What God did before, as documented in his word, he can do again. What we are experiencing in the world today is described at 2 Peter 2 in regard to false prophets and teachers of our day. These people are no better than senseless animals that live by their feelings and are born to be caught and killed. They speak evil of things they don't know anything about, but their own corrupt deeds will destroy them. They have done evil and they will be rewarded with evil. All they think about is having sex with someone else's husband or wife. There is no end to their wicked deeds. They trick people who are easily fooled, and their minds are filled with greedy thoughts. But they are headed for trouble. These people are like dried-up waterholes and clouds blown by a windstorm. The darkest part of hell is waiting for them. They promise freedom to everyone, but they are merely slaves of filthy living because people are slaves of whatever controls them. When they learned about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they escaped from the filthy things of this world, but they are again caught up and controlled by these filthy things, and now they are in worse shape than they were at first. They would have been better off if they had never known about the right way. Even after they knew what was right, they turned their backs on the holy commandments of God that they were given.
1: Even though the United States Supreme Court ruled on June 26, 2015, that individual states must license and recognize same-sex unions, this ruling is still against the will of God. It enforces the way of the world that enslaves people to behavior that will mean their sure destruction. Those who make these kinds of laws will be held accountable by God. The Lord meant for people to fill the earth with more people. This is why he instructed us to be fruitful and multiply. There is no godly fruit out of same-sex unions. Men do not reproduce children with other men, and women do not reproduce children with other women. The source of this abominable sexual activity is the world system, which is positioned against the kingdom of God and bent on defiling His image. God's Word has something to say about these sinful lifestyles that may be referred to as free living. Paul tells us at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived or misled. Neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality.
0: We read at Romans 1 verses 26 through 28 and a number of other places in the Bible what God thinks of such acts. God let them follow their own evil desires. Women no longer wanted to have sex in a natural way, and they did things with each other that were not natural. Men behaved in the same way. They stopped wanting to have sex with women and had strong desires for sex with other men. They did shameful things with each other, and what has happened to them is punishment for their foolish deeds. Since these people refused even to think about God, He let their useless minds rule over them. From the beginning, God's human creation is either male or female. At Genesis 1 verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Genesis 5:2 recounts that he created them male and female and blessed them. Jesus tells us at Matthew 19, verse 4, Have you never read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female? And he repeats this at Mark 10, verse 6. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female.
1: God, who makes no mistakes, made us all. Those who engage in sexual perversion because they believe, however strongly, that their gender or sex differs from the one they were given by God their creator when they were born, are deceived. Their feelings, no matter how powerful, are not telling them the truth. The Bible could not be clearer. God created each of us. God knows what he created us to be, and if we are confused, we must cry out to God our Creator for clarity, identity, and deliverance with true confession of our sins out of repentant hearts. Our Creator stands ready with open arms to forgive us, clean us, explain our situations, and receive us to himself. What is viewed as the freedom to abort on demand for any reason is still murder. Abortion supporters and advocates say things like, it is only a mass of tissue and it is the woman's body and she can do whatever she wants to with her body. Both of these statements are lies that only embolden already confused women and men into stopping the hearts of innocent babies and fool people into filling the bank accounts of those who end the lives of children God meant to be born.
0: Polls indicate that those who call themselves Christians are becoming more accepting of the practice of abortion. Since the United States Supreme Court has made a variety of rulings supporting abortion after Roe v. Wade in 1973, many Christians have resigned by saying it is the law of the land. But it isn't God's law. Abortion has filled this nation and the world with the shedding of innocent blood untold multitudes of generations have been eliminated forever. A holy God cannot and will not bless people who sanction this bloodshed. In Isaiah 1 verse 15 we read, And when you spread forth your hands in prayer, asking help, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood.
1: At this point, what is known about human development from conception to birth clearly demonstrates that there is absolutely no reason for a human baby to be removed from the mother's uterus as an abortion. The babies that have been slaughtered for convenience, to avoid embarrassment, to conceal abuse, or any number of other invalid excuses and or reasons were murdered. The Bible says at Revelation chapter 21 verse 8, that murderers will have their place in the fiery lake of burning sulfur and be forever separated from God. We have no right to abort human life made in God's image, period, regardless of the law of the land. Those who make and support laws like this will be required to give an account of their actions to a holy God. Have you been, or are you now, involved in the practice of killing babies through abortion? It is not too late to repent or change your mind and actions, confess the sin, and ask the living creator for forgiveness. He is waiting to hear from you. He knows what was done and why. Go to him now. He is waiting. He is a merciful father.
0: Redefining what family means will effectively destroy the family that God ordained. Following are some of the key points made in an article by Gillis Triplett entitled, The Planned Destruction of the Family. This is how, he says, the scheme is mapped out. Eliminate the sacredness of the marriage covenant from the minds of the masses. Make them believe marriage is outdated and blasé. Inspire hatred against the family unit, manhood, and fatherhood. Institute no-fault divorce and encourage serial divorces. Incite rampant promiscuity, fornication, and adultery. Make having illegitimate children become a common practice. Convince society that a child in the womb is not a human being. Provoke women to have abortions without regard to God or their consciences. Make true love seem like cheap amusement. Stimulate the people to confuse having sex with love. Create an environment that encourages unwed single motherhood. Inspire men to disrespect, dishonor, and abuse women. Design laws that motivate women to commit paternity fraud. Incite homosexuality, lesbianism, sexual immorality, and perversion. Influence men to effortlessly abandon children they sire or father. Most importantly, provoke a fierce, relentless gender war.
1: It appears that our society may be caving into the pressure and is allowing all of the items in this destructive scheme to be pushed, thereby forcing everyone to live outside of God's will and His design. Through every form of traditional and social media, the world has launched what appears to be an all-out attack on the family and its structure. God established the family, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 tells us, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built, and by understanding it is established on a sound and good foundation. The Bible teacher John Gill says, A family is built up, furnished, and supplied with the necessities and conveniences of life and brought into flourishing and prosperous circumstances by prudent management through the blessing of God upon them without taking such methods as evil men do. We need to recognize the value of every family member. At Psalm chapter 127, verse 3, we see that children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. A godly example is given at Genesis chapter 18 verses 17 and 19. The Lord said to himself, I should tell Abraham what I am going to do since his family will become a great and powerful nation that will be a blessing to all other nations on earth. I have chosen him to teach his family to obey me forever and to do what is right and fair. Remember this truth, fruit bears like fruit. We should not expect our children to be different from us. Jesus saved us so that we would be equipped to allow Him to live through us and as a result bear godly fruit productive for His use and to His glory. We see at Malachi chapter 2, verse 15 that Christian parents are to produce godly offspring or godly seed so that our children would do the same when they grow up, marry, and have families of their own.
0: There is a saying, What the parents allow in moderation, the children will practice in excess. Our children are looking at us as their role models, and whatever they see us do, they will do likewise and even more. Parents, we will account for our actions and or lack of actions in doing all that the Lord instructs us to do in raising our children. If we have not provided godly examples, we need to repent. Ask God to forgive our bad examples and decide to follow our Lord and Savior with all diligence and with our whole hearts. The family structure is to be what God designed it to be and not the world. Attempts to redefine what is right and wrong indicate that we have lost our way. According to the Bonner Group, among born-again Christians, 49% say it is okay to live together without marriage, and 35% say it is fine to have sex before marriage. These results reveal blatant disregard for God's Word and attacks the family structure. Does this describe your life? Are you uncomfortable hearing these words? If so, the Holy Spirit may be tugging on your heart to trust Jesus, to make the heart change that will save you from the holy, justified wrath of God. He can be trusted to save you. The all-knowing and all-seeing God desires that we live in true freedom. Such true freedom is only found in Him. Romans 6, verses 16 through 18 says...
1: Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey, whether that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thank God, though you were once slaves of sin, you have become obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness in conformity to the divine will in thought, purpose, and action." And if we are free from sin and bound by the righteousness Jesus purchased for us, we need to remember that and stay there, as Galatians 5, verses 1 and 13 tell us. Freedom is what we have. Christ has set us free. Stand then as free people and do not allow yourselves to become slaves again. As for you, my friends, you were called to be free, but do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another.
0: We can now see that freedom and independence from God is really bondage and slavery to sin, which will result in eternal separation from God. The consequences of living in the bondage of sin are awful. Did you know that your eternity could start today? Are you ready? Nearly 152,000 people die in the world each day, and most deaths are not planned. We must always remember that our decisions and actions have serious consequences, either pleasant or unpleasant. There are just and appropriate rewards for righteous living and for unrighteous living. So what is your decision? Where will you spend eternity? In heaven with your Creator or in hell where there is continuous torment? Torment is defined as extreme pain, anguish, the utmost degree of misery, either of mind or body. Eternal separation means you will spend your eternity in hell. Following are a few considerations about hell. Hell is a real place. Everyone will spend eternity either in heaven or hell. We choose our eternal destination by the way we live on earth. Our decision on where we will spend eternity is based on what we decide about Jesus Christ. He is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all hell is not a place for family gatherings, parties, and the like. It was never intended for people. The Bible tells us at Matthew 13, verses 49 and 50, So it will be at the close and consummation of the age, the angels will go forth and separate the wicked from the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God, and cast the wicked into the furnace of fire. There will be weeping and wailing and grinding of teeth
1: your decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or to recommit your life to Him can happen in just a moment. This could be your Independence Day. Such independence and freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. Listeners, if today's message leaves you uncomfortable, it may be due to inconsistency in your life. You may be trying to look like a Christian on the outside, but you know that inwardly you are living a double life. You can resolve this issue now. Ask the Lord for the truth about your relationship with Him and what you need to do about it. Listen closely to what He has to say to you and follow every instruction. Ask Him to confirm what He is saying from His Word, the Bible. He will not go against His Word. Those of you who have never accepted Jesus into your heart, but you seriously want a new life today, please pray this prayer with all your heart. He already sees your heart, knows it thoroughly, but loves you anyway. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. Today, Lord Jesus, I ask you to take away every sinful desire and come into my heart and live in me. I will trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior from now on. Thank you for saving me right now and making me a child of God. If you really meant that prayer, this is your personal independence day. You are a new person. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things
0: are made new. Find a Bible you can understand and read it every day. It will feed your spirit, let you know the will of your Heavenly Father, and help to keep you safely following Jesus. Talk with him about everything, just like he was your best friend, because he is. God is the most faithful friend you will ever have, because he has promised to be with you always. Hebrews 13.5 tells us, For God has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. And if you ever have any questions about the difference between freedom and slavery, keep 2 Corinthians 3.17 in mind. The Lord and the Spirit are one and the same, and the Lord's Spirit sets us free. For Jesus himself has said at John 8.36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed.
1: We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling on your life. If you faithfully spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at Our telephone number in the United States is 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.